Hey guys, welcome to the Lauren Hour with Laura Danny. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and watching. Now let's get started. I would like for all my panelists to go ahead and introduce yourselves one by one. The one sitting next to me at the top, go ahead, take over, sir. What's good, everyone? Evening. Name's Brandon, aka BVAS711, coming at you from Philadelphia, PA. All right, come on, next person, let's go. Hey, uh, it's Jazz, a.k.a. J. Tanay. I live in Atlanta, but I'm from Youngstown. And... Yeah. All right. Mr. Red Hat, go ahead and go ahead. Okay, yeah, my name is uh, DeVille uh, from Youngstown. Well, I'm from, I'm from the Kimberbrook. We just happen to be in Youngstown. But yeah, that's where I'm from. Uh, that's pretty much it. This is brother with a perspective. That's it. All right. Aaron, go ahead. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, this is your man's Aaron. Been born and raised in Youngstown, living down in North Carolina right now. All right. All right. So today's show, guys, we're going to be talking about grief and how it affects all of us personally and um, our families personally. Also, so I really just want to go ahead and dive in and get to the hard-hitting question. And uh, the hard-hitting question for me today is, usually a lot of people struggle with the notion that you should be able to get over grief fast. If you mourn someone, you should be able to be over them in 30 days or uh, 60 days. And I want to ask the question is, how long does grief last? Ooh, let me start that. Well, um, well, you guys don't know that, but um, back in 2013 and 2014, I had two daughters that passed away. And people say as time goes on, it gets easier, but it really doesn't. Like I said, it's been over eight years and I'll still think about certain stuff or like I'll reminisce and be like, oh, you know, I'll come across like an old post or something of that nature, you know? And it's like, it, I mean, I can say, I can't really say grief lasts forever, but I mean, no, I lied. It does, it lasts forever because it's like even 10 years from now, you know, it's like, I would still feel the same way I do. Like, I don't speak on it because that's the way that I grieve. You know, I don't like to tell people, like when people act like with Ivy, you know, I tell people that's my only child because I don't like to say, oh, well, I have her, but I had two daughters that passed away. And then people come with the I'm sorry. I hate to hear the I'm sorry because it wasn't your fault. It wasn't anything that you intentionally did that caused, you know, this baby to pass away. So it's like, I don't, I don't speak on it. I, I don't bring it up. Like, birthdays anniversaries and stuff go by and i just i think about it but i don't say anything about it you know because it's like it just it makes it easier for me to just right i get it you know and, just like push it back so and so with that did you take your time did you or were you trying to hurry up and rush and kind of get over that feeling of hurt uh and loss i mean yeah because it was like i tried doing like other stuff Mm -hmm. to like take my mind off of it but it always some way come back like if i go in the store i see somebody with a baby like for the longest people mm -hmm. that had little babies i wouldn't come around don't i don't bring yeah. me around that child at least until they're like a year old or more because i didn't i didn't want to be around them because i'm like this is what i'm missing you know what i mean like this yeah. is what i should have had so it's like i'm sorry I'm so sorry. I'm going to send you virtual hugs because I know that is that is something that is still to this day for a lot of people hard to talk about, especially losing a yeah. child. I could never imagine your pain or um, I really don't even have the words to comfort you, but I can't tell you yeah. that I love you. And if you need you. to talk, I am here. I we all are. It. If you need to talk. And you're so strong because not many people can even get on camera and talk about that. You know, because yeah, I mean, a lot of days I felt like, yeah, and it's like a lot of days I felt like I was going to end up in a padded room because it's like it would consume everything. You know, maybe it's different now 
because I have Ivy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but it was still scary at the same time too. Like my second daughter passed away three months old. So it's like once mm. Ivy hit that three months, I'm like, shit. We're nervous. Is this, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I'm like, shit, am I about to have a reenactment of this again? And then three months came and went, you know, and then yeah. six months came and went, and then nine months came and went. And now we're like almost at a year. It's like, mm. I'm so sorry, Jazz. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna let you take take a breather, gather yourself. Um, okay. uh, anyone else want to address? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go. Um, so. I say it's per individual. It's mm -hmm. um, grief, like uh, Jay was saying. It's going to stay with us. We just need to learn how to live with it. Uh, for me, my grief was my dad passing away. And he passed away back in 2007. <clears throat> the one thing that stuck with me, though, that will always be a hurtful event is because the day he died was the day before my birthday. Oh my God. I'm so, so my birthday is September 14th, and my dad passed away September 13th. Another kicker is that I knew he was going to die that day. Mm. I looked and I saw, like, there's this thing inside of someone who's about to pass away their face. Mm. It's like their soul has gone. Uh, can't really describe it. It's like the life inside of them is yeah. not there anymore, and they looking, he was looking when I was asking him if he was okay because he was about to fall back, and I was like, are you a good power? Are you good? And he's looking at through me. He doesn't even look at me. He was looking through me. And he was like, yeah. And I just, my nephew was there too. Mm -hmm. So we grabbed him and we put him in the bed. And then I looked at him and I said, grandpa, I'm making it pass. That's his grandfather. Yeah. That, so, that's gotta be tough. And, and that was just like, he's not making it pass today. And I kept telling everybody that I called and like, they're like, Brandon, stop saying that. I said, you didn't see what I saw. Mm. And that was shortly after that. I had uh, I had problems with the military. I had problems with my finances. I had problems with my my spouse at the time, and I also had a legal charge on me. You were trying and to you were trying to cope with everything that was going on. Yeah, everything fell apart, and then I had a suicide attempt uh, shortly after that. A year last year after. Um, now, do you like, think do you think um, the reason why you were feeling the way that you were feeling and started going through those things is because you were basically there when he was passing? Yeah, I, I uh, he died of leukemia, and oh, I was so there already for nine months. <clears throat> he was denied a bone marrow transplant. He was he was I was there. I went down. I was still in the service. I was able to get time off from the military command to go down there to take him to those appointments. Now, <clears throat> he was denied transplant because his lungs. He's a lifetime smoker. He was, oh. he was a smoker for like 50 some years. And what hurt me was in 2001, I begged him to stop smoking because it was affecting me physically because yeah. he was smoking side. And instead of stop smoking, he smoked outside. And I asked the doctor, I said, Doc, if he would had stopped smoking in 2001 when I asked him to, do you think he would have a chance? He says his chances would have been dramatically increased. He probably would have been able to survive it. So it killed me because growing up, I didn't really have him around, right? Um, it went like 14 years without him. And then I get this nine months of him every single day. And the best day that I could take away from that is a day that we spent six hours in the pool hall. I'm trying to figure out. And he was hurting. And he still played like almost 200 games of pool with me. I won three. Aww. That's the only thing I can say. I won. I beat him three times. <laughs> oh, so dad was great at playing pool, huh? <laughs> oh, nasty. He used to beat me with one arm behind his back. Oh, wow. And, and like it, what I was upset about was that fact that I got that little bit, but I wish I could have had 14 years, you know, but that, that yeah. but you know, he got to see me as an adult and he was really proud. You know, I was, I was okay with that. Sometimes, sometimes we have to take those uh, little bit of times that we do get, because, you know, a lot of people, they walk this earth and they never get to see their parents, you know, here's a special guest. This is him. 
was a fabric egg? No, this is uh it's an urn. Oh, an urn. Oh. Yeah, this is this is my pop. And you keep them with you. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, always with me. Aaron, would you like to go next? Um <clears throat> I agree with Brandon on tour that. I mean, I've feel like my closest deaths, I was in the room with all three of them. Um, the one, I don't think I ever told anybody this, but our first miscarriage, like she was, when she was born and we watched her be born and all of that. And when that happened, like the doctors kind of just left out of the room and just left us in there and we watched her be born with nobody coming there to help her. Oh my goodness. I know that had to be traumatic. I'm so sorry for yeah. your loss. Then what was that? 2018, I watched my mother die from COPD. And it's like after she passed, my sister just find, started finding out like she was still smoking. Uh, turns out that like she had cigarette receipts inside of her pockets. Um, and that made us think like, where was she going to that morning that she just needed to hurry up and leave out? So okay. we believe that she was on her way to go smoke some cigarettes that morning. And then six months after that, I watched my grandmother pass. Oh, and what sucked about that was that is a that lot. Moment. But what sucked about it was is that I remember I being I was at the hospital with my grandmother every day. Like this was like my that was my senior year of college. So it was like I would go to class, I'd come home, mm -hmm. and go to the hospital. Go to class, come home, go to the hospital. And that day, I came home and I told my wife like I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm the only one going to this hospital every day. And like before my like grandmother was in the hospital. It does. It really before does. Before my grandmother even went to the hospital, like I was the only one checking up on her out of all my family and stuff. Like she would call me and be like, Where is you got class today? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm in class. Oh, okay, never mind. I'll just order DoorDash. Grandma, you need me to call off? Like, I'm I'm passing this class. Yeah, I'll I'll leave class right now to come get you something to eat. And then like, but I didn't want to go that day. And my wife was like, You gotta go. You gotta go. You never know. And I got up and I went there and I was the only one there. And all of a sudden I'm looking and it's like that morning I went to go see her and she was they they had got her and they had her where she was actually able to kind of walk. But mm -hmm. when I got there that night, it was nothing. It's like how Brandon was saying, like, she wasn't looking at me. She was already asked, transitioning. Yeah. And I asked the nurse, like, should she be doing this? And the nurse looked at her and she was like, you might want to call your family. Oh, my goodness. So and sorry. what made me mad about it was how long has she had been sitting like that before right. any of y'all said anything? Yeah, that is that is that is a tough cookie. Um, uh, I'm sorry, DeVale, uh, would you like to share? Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm listening to everybody and, you know, I send, you know, my peace and blessings towards everybody. Like, definitely, me, um, I think I experienced it a lot different. I was in a situation to where all I had was me. Mm -hmm. And so every time I experienced death, it was a thing that I had to experience by myself. And so they had offered a class called grief and um, a grief, a grief like kind of class where it allows you to talk about things. Mm -hmm. But for me, I wanted to do my own independent study about that. And the thing that I that I understood for myself was, is that that that, that even in death is a learned reaction of how we respond to it. Right. And that's not to minimize, you know, what it is that we feel as a result of the loss. But like, it's it's also the way that we've been taught to think about it. So for years, I wouldn't open up no mail. My brother passed away in November of 2007. And I was supposed to receive a visit that Saturday. And so you can imagine 
when I got called to the captain's office, that's usually the process. When you get called to the captain's office, it's some bad news. You know that. You don't want that call. And so as I'm walking, I'm thinking like, okay, something happened to my mom. I know that's kind of crazy to think, but that's yeah. the life she was living. Never in a million years was I thinking that something was going to happen to one of my siblings. We're, we're young. You know, that's how we think. You know, if anybody, I was the most at risk because of the location. And so I went through that whole process of when I received the news, they said I immediately passed out. I've never had a relationship on this earth closer to me and my brother Pina. And it's always been Pina and Pop. Mm -hmm. But what I started to understand about death, that it wasn't an enemy to men. When I say men, I'm talking about men and women. It's the way that we're talk, taught to think about it. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to take over the power and control of this. I'm going to celebrate the fact that he lived and existed. Because the day that we were born, it was the day in the process that we started to die. But we're not taught to embrace that, to enjoy life in the moment. Because we think that we belong to each other. And I don't know what everybody's spiritual side of it, but for me, it was like, I was like, I, I, he existed. Why not celebrate the fact that he existed? And yes, it hurts that he's gone and, I, and, I'm, and I, I want him here. But whatever his purpose was and his cause, God felt like it was his time. Right. And so now, you know what I'm saying? But I want to leave y'all with this. I want to come uh, over. But this is what it said in our culture. It says that, that our ancestors, this, this is what they believe. They said that we would continue to be alive until there was nobody else left to remember us. And so my wife, she has this thing that she don't go to a funeral. She attend people life. So when you attend that person's life and you be everything that you need to be in that moment, I'm not saying that you weren't, but if you were that, then you can hang your hat on the fact that, hey, you had those girls to love. They, they existed. They were here. Right. And so when we look at life that way, it's different. Death is different. Now my responsibility is what is it that I need to do to where I can see them. So I can be the example for somebody to talk about me and keep me alive. It doesn't take away the stigma. You know, it just lets us know and remind us that we're human. And it's okay to have a human emotion to, to you know, you good. You good. Yeah, you good. Yeah, I am. Um, take a breather. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I guess for me, um, there is really no time limit because I've lost so many great people over my lifetime and I'm only like 29-ish. And um, <laughs> 21 forever. Right, forever 21. <laughs> but um, I, the first time I actually really ever grieved was the loss of my grandmother black and i was young uh she passed on christmas morning and i didn't get the concept when i was when i was young i just knew she wasn't here anymore i was sad but it was like i didn't feel real pain i just knew i missed her but the hardest loss for me would have to be when i was uh, a teenager uh, my cousin her name was tammy sherman we called her t-shirt that was like my best friend growing up. Okay. We, I, I wasn't raised with my, all my family members. So she was the one cousin that I knew for sure was my cousin. I kind of grew up around her and we were so tight y'all. And um, she passed from spinal meningitis and we were going to be entering into high school that, that year. Cause she passed this summer. And I'm like, so excited because I'm like, we're going to high school together. I know our high school experience is going to be great. And then we got the call. My mom said, um, I got to go to the hospital because uh, the doctor's office raised Tammy to the hospital. And I knew it was serious because all my family, all my family went up there. And um, I just remember praying. Like I was just praying. I said, God, please, please. Like I pleaded. I guess I was going through like that first stage. I pleaded. I asked him, I said, please, I won't do anything wrong again if you let my cousin survive. And she didn't make it. And that was the first time I experienced real loss. And I thought that by the time school started, because and the worst part was her funeral was on my birthday. So now it's my birthday and I have to attend my cousin's funeral. 
And I couldn't even go in. I got to the door um, at Ellie Black's and I seen her feet like in the casket or uh, I, it, I don't know if it was her feet. I seen I just seen the casket and kind of seen her. And I knew that wasn't something I could do because I could not remember her like that. Like I could that couldn't be the last time that couldn't be the last time I seen her, you know, um, and that stuck with me for years. It still hurts me now because. I think of the things that she could accomplish, how she would have thrived. Like, I really feel like she would have been this big social media. Tammy, <clears throat> Tammy Sherman. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, Sheridan, Tammy Sherman, Clyde's girlfriend at the time, back then, long time ago in grade school. Tammy yes. Sherman. Mm -hmm. Pigtails. Yeah, she always, yep, she always wears pigtails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, she's been gone since junior high. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing about it because Kevin talked about it because he went to Hillman. But <clears throat> I'm I, whoa. Yeah, she was an amazing person. She had. Uh, yeah, I remember. Period. She was cool. She was very she was cool, amazing. Man. She was she nice. Was so to amazing. Me. Yeah, but that was my, that's my take on grief, and um, wow. I'm so sorry, guys, because I tried. <laughs> I mean, like the 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 icing on the cake was like my dad passing away, but I had others that went while I was serving. Yeah, know. me too. I just had so, one, just a really close friend of mine just passed yeah. away last month, and I'm still trying to process it because I mean, it's just like she went to work and she was at work, and she said that she felt like she had gas. Someone went to go get her something to drink. You know, like they say, drink mm -hmm. a Coke. That'll help, you know, the gas. By the time the girl came back with the Coke, she was already dead. Lord. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to, I have another question I want to ask. I'm trying, I'm sorry, guys, because I don't want to get too stuck on mm. these topics because I know it's hard. And I, mm -hmm. I, we're opening old wounds for a lot of people. So my next question would be, when should you seek help for grief? Uh, when grief has kind of taken over your life. I don't know, have um, anyone ever been so stuck in your grief that you couldn't find a way out of bed? Was yep. it hard for you to eat? Yep, yep, yep. After uh, Noelle, my second daughter, passed away, I stayed in the house, in the bed every day for about, about a month until my mm -hmm. best friend literally had to come in my house and get me out of there. Because if it was up to me, I still probably would have been laying in the bed because it was just like, I didn't want to talk to nobody. Like my sisters is like, let's go somewhere. Let's do it. No, no, so thank you. Let me ask you a question. When did you seek help? When did you know that you needed help to the deal and cope with what you were going through? Surprisingly, I didn't. I just, I just literally was like, okay, you know, like you've had your grief. You got to get up and get on your shit and get moving. And that's what I did. Like everyone always told me to talk to people like with the grief, but like I tell everybody, I can't talk to anybody with grief if you don't understand where i'm coming from if you haven't been in the same boat and you know what i'm saying like been right. where i've been you can't empathize you can't sympathize with me none of that so right. i just never like how deville was saying they had i think it was that same ease it was like something where you could like go and do like the grief and everyone or the grief counseling everybody tried to get me to go and i'm just like i'm not fucking going because I'm not going, you know, because it's like I'm sitting in a room full of people that weren't in my ideal situation. Yes, you've had like you could have had kids pass away, but it's like one of mine was from SIDS. The other one was a preemie. So it's like if you didn't have those types of. You can understand my pain. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, I wasn't even about to waste my time because I don't want to waste my time and talk to somebody that didn't understand where I'm coming from. And all they say is I understand because I was just punching <coughs> like you don't understand. So, right. Right. Yeah, I didn't. So, Brandon, did you seek out help? Yeah, it was like, all right. So it was during that time I did a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, I was in a low spot because uh, I had went to jail and then I got out of the jail and then I went to my command. And then my command was like, I, I did a suicide attempt, went straight to a jail cell. So then when I got out, I uh, they were like, hey, uh, we're going to take you in and do you want to go in? And I said, yes. And I went and I stayed 10 days inside of a psych ward. 
found out I wasn't as crazy as I thought because they were worse than me in there. As, you know, understandably so. But I felt like I was getting a lot out of it. I didn't get to stay longer. They wouldn't let me stay. Um, but yeah, that's when I hit low, like right there. That was the lowest point is when I had to check myself in. Okay. Um, Aaron, what, what did you do to kind of get over and cope with your loss? Did you see um, both of mine like were back to back? So it was like it it wasn't easy. Like I feel like after my mother passed, it my I like I have my wife and kids to be able to be like to help me stay through that. But like I felt like this it became so annoying between like my sister is up and toward there trying to see what they can get from her and that sort to where it like I feel like my anger towards my sisters helped me not get birdie burdened down by the grief. I'm sorry to hear that. Then with my grandmother, remember my, my grandmother had 56 grandchildren. Wow. She has five sons. Yeah, five sons, 56 grandchildren. So when no you have 56 <laughs> I mean, when you have 56 grandchildren I know a few of them but we ain't gonna talk about that and mind you the funeral was arranged by mostly my uncle who was pretty much he my grandmother died on Thursday that funeral was on Saturday he hurried up to have that funeral so that he can get whatever money that he can get from her Wow. Now between oh him God, and so his brothers arguing, and then it became my, I don't even know, I have I have one uncle, he passed away back in 2013, but he has supposedly 13 children. We don't know if all these kids are here, but these kids lived in Columbus. While my grandmother was sick, my grandmother didn't, hmm? think I know what uncle you talk about. We go talk about that after the show. Yeah, but while they were up in Columbus, they never mm -hmm. called my grandmother. They never wrote my grandmother, but yet they had like, they got mad because hey, there's 56 of us. Everybody's not making it in the obituary. Calm down. <laughs> but they hey. didn't calm down, and it became a bickering, and it's like both times, I couldn't grieve over, like, my grandmother was my best friend. Mm. Like, no matter what I needed, like, she was there. And no matter what she needed, I was there. Like, this was the lady where I never called her, I didn't call her grandma. I, could, I, I called her either she was Mimi or she was my baby. Like, there was one time where we was at the grocery store and the lady asked her if she needed something. And I was like, baby, you need something? And the, the way that the rep, the cashier looked at us like, mm -hmm. Ugh, like you nasty sleeping with this old lady. It was funny to both of us, but it's like <laughs> listening to everybody bicker over her death was just like irritating. Horrible. Yeah. So, so, um, DeVille, I actually, I have that same question for you, but I want to address something because I heard you earlier and, um, I wanted to say to you that I love you. I love you wholly and I hold, and I, I can't even imagine what you were going through to even begin to deal with the grief that you were experience, experiencing and you didn't have your loved ones around you to gather around you and to hold you and show you mm -hmm. the love that we should have been able to show you. But I want you to know that whether you know it or not, Whenever we took a loss or something happened, you were my first thought. I was, my grief for our father and our brothers wasn't just for me, but it was for you because I wasn't able to tell you I love you or I wasn't able to be there to talk to you and see if you needed me for anything. My hurt was not knowing what you were feeling in that moment, not knowing how you reacted to all of those situations and all of our losses, especially with grandma, because she raised us, you know? So I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And I do want to hear how you dealt with the grief that you dealt with 
um, while being away from us? I mean, like, um, like as you were saying that, I was sitting back thinking, like, I remember I was in a hole, and I was in a hole for a year. I was in a solitary, solitary confinement for a year. That's, I think this was my first two and a half year stint. And I was reading the newspaper. Somebody gave, gave me a, a vindicator. And that's how I found out that my dad had died. That the contact with the family was such is that nobody even told me. I seen it in the newspaper and I'm like, man, it's my dad. And they come to the door and they is like, like, so I was experiencing death in the midst of trauma. Yeah. And like with with uh with Peanut, uh when you asked, did I seek uh help? To be honest, I was so angry that I literally every argument, every disagreement that I had in Mansfield, I was busting them boys up. I was entering people blocks, I was like literally destroying mm-hmm. people. I had went to the yard and they sent somebody out there to find me because I had started punishing shit. And so in the midst of my own pain and trauma, I was creating more pain and trauma for someone. Oh. And so I'm thinking like, is that really how it's supposed to be? And I know what we feel in every given moment because in our mind, we are thinking about us. In our mind, we think that we are thinking about the other person. But this part I wanna play like the devil advocate of it because that's how I had to do it. They say you can't conquer something that you're not willing to confront. And death is one of those things that mm-hmm. we're taught. But let's think about it. Excuse me. Let's think about it. Though. We know what we experience, but let's think mm-hmm. about this because we talk about everything else. But even with death, it's such a systematic thing that they've used to benefit off our own pain and suffering that we have we never really questioned the way that we mourn death. Was this a calculated thing to benefit somebody else's pocket? Right. Because I do remember a culture to where we celebrated the day. There was no right to right, like wasn't did we lose, yeah, So we left that process and we entered a process to where it makes us feel guilty about our choices. Did we do enough for the person? This and that. We begin to question ourselves and what we could have did more of. What they could. Now it's a fight. Is it really about them? Right. Because what if that person, like, what if we could have a conversation with the person that we lost and they say, hey, we just tired. We're in too much pain. We don't want to be here. We know you want us here and you love us, but hey, our purpose is done. We know what our purpose was and we're just done. Right. And so we get so caught up in the loss that we forget about the living. And for me, if we focus on the living aspect, the loss will deal with itself. You see what Jesus said? I'm just saying that we quoting somebody. He said the dead handled the dead. Let the, let the dead bury the dead. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't that he was being uh, like just mean or something. But what he said, that death has a responsibility. That part of initiation, we all going to experience. There's no need to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. But people make us look at it different. And that means the families want to come in there and tear things up. It's like, you know. It never, it's never dead. about that person anymore. It turns into, I get what you're saying. It doesn't, it's not about that person no longer. People mm-hmm. are becoming self-serving. Okay, this person passed away. So now let me see what I can get out of this person. And it's just like, that's a sad thing. When people pass away, uh, people want to take advantage of the situation and see how they could profit. Yeah, it's like my grandma always said that when somebody dies, there's always some shit started and it never fails. Right. Never, like you like example, my uncle died. It's like my uncle died in uh May of twenty twenty. And as soon as he died, that's where like all my other cousins and all these people is coming to my grandma house and the first thing they say is I don't, you don't know. <laughs> and it's like, well, I mean, you say you don't want his money, but why are you even coming over here to talk about money? Who even said that he had any to begin with? And if he did he had kids, so that's automatically mm-hmm. where that's gonna go, you know. But it's like everyone was trying to. They knew my grandma was grieving about her child, but it's like y'all wanted to surround her, thinking that because she was grieving so much, she wouldn't be in her own element, which she wasn't for right. the longest. Even to this day now, she'll still talk about my uncle and cry. And it's like I understand it. It was her child, her baby. I, right. I get it. You know, it's like you spent sixty years of life with this person, and then. My uncle left. Yes, like my uncle had left that afternoon from my grandma's house and said, I will be right back and never came back. And that kills my grandma to this day because it's like, 
he said he was coming back and he didn't. You know what I mean? But it's like mm-hmm. with her grieving, everyone and with my grandma being older too, it's like she's grieving and they're just like, oh, come on, come on, we got you, we got you. But what about this? And what about this? What about these papers? What about this money? And it's like, yep. dang, like it's, yeah, it's it. like like uh, like Deville was saying, become self serving. It's no longer about that person. So mm-hmm. some people they'll say, okay, I'm grieving, but you're grieving and you're thinking about money and where this is and where that is, that yeah. isn't the way we handle it. Yeah. So I, I do want to move the question along a little bit. So I, I know that usually death causes people to grieve, but I believe there's a lot of other things that can cause people to grieve. And I'm thinking about trauma. So I wanted to ask you guys, can trauma cause people to grieve? And it doesn't mean that you have to have lost someone but it could be that you went through something so traumatic in your life that it it, it kind of shuts you down and you started to grieve your old self. You started to grieve the person that you used to be. Have anyone ever found themselves in that situation? I'm going to let um, Aaron go next, uh, uh, Jazz, and I, then I got you. Aaron, go ahead. Um, just what I'm going through now with this whole dialysis thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I end up getting this because, well, my kidneys were already bad. But then I got COVID and it shut everything back down. Like it, it just shut all of that down. And going to the hospital, I went from I can't breathe to the hospital to the ambulance picking me up, me passing in and out. Mm-hmm. To I woke up on towards this gurney where well where they like operating on this half of my body. And I don't know what's going on. I can let you know, I had been in dialysis for a whole week before I realized I was in dialysis. Before it actually really hit you, huh? To me, I was in a room where they sat me there for four hours and I had no idea what they were doing. Sis, let me tell you, there are tubes in my chest and I didn't notice them for a week. That's how out of it I was. It's shock. You were mostly in shock. Yeah. And I mean, that's understandable because when you are in shock, like there could be a whole life of shit happening past you. But when mm-hmm. you're in shock, you'll notice not none of that. Right. And um, so that's why, <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. That just, I, I got to get back with Notion. I'm going to say something. Let me, uh, Aaron, I'm going to move on from you. Um. Ooh, Can God. I say something to that before I leave? Because I have to get ready. Go ahead. I know you guys go to work. Go ahead. Yeah, but I would like to say that, like, let's just think about this for a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, even mm-hmm. that, y'all both, both, both the ladies just says two key things. Thinking. That's the operative word. Thinking. The way that we wired to think. Mm-hmm. Like, even, let's, like, because I think that you asked the question, but I think an even deeper question is, is it possible for us to mismanage or to mis uh, mislabel something as a result of trauma? Like you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And call it like, yes, okay, because yeah. it happens. It happens. So what I want to leave you, y'all with, and I don't know if y'all are readers, but it's this book called The Secret, and what it does, it talks about attentionality and how that we live our lives on parallel. So whatever mm-hmm. is your most dominant thought or the way that you dominantly think is what you attract and draw into your life. And I know this sounds like a point. That is true. No, no, I agree with that. But even even in death, if you think about the loss, then eventually you're going to create more loss because that's what you're fixated. That's what you're preparing yourself for. But like Mm -hmm. even like with the process of healing. And I'm not saying that it works for everybody, but let's think about that. How the body, because these are not things that we taught. We said thinking. Thinking would suggest that there's things that I can do to my body from a natural standpoint that it will help it reju- rejuvenate and replenish itself because this is what the body's trained to do. But those principles, just these little principles, the way that we think, the way that we process death, the way that we process grief, if we change the way that we think about those things, that's about us on here. Let's say that somebody passed that's right here on here. And we say what? You know what? We're going to celebrate the veil. Because we know this about DeVell. We know that we did this for DeVell. We loved him. He knew that he was loved. He knew that he mm-hmm. was cared about. And we're choosing to celebrate. 
But if you look at funerals today, go on, just look at the funeral things when they promote them. They promote the fact that you lost somebody and there's like you're not coming back. And you're not them. celebrating their life. Yeah. They're celebrate not celebrating the, the person they were when they was on this earth. I get that and I agree with that. But yeah. before you go, don't jump off just yet, sir, because uh, it's time to get messy. You can't leave before I get messy. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, you got something to say? Go ahead, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the whole secret book that he was talking about, I agree. And that's why my life is awesome because that's all I think about how awesome I am. Anyways, yeah. that is that is a really good book, though. You know, oh it does God. it does portray yeah. like it's it's visualizing, uh, it's making your thoughts reality by visualizing your goals. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, you like you completely fixate in your head like, hey, I'm going to complete this school and you complete and you completely just make sure that's the only thing you're thinking about and you'll successfully complete it. Um, <clears throat> but as like far that. as grief, grief turning in from trauma to grief and grief about your trauma. Um, yes. And it can lead to grieving only because there are things that I did that i look back at and i grieve on because i'm like man if i went this route mm -hmm. i wouldn't be in this route however reflection yeah the choices i made led me to where i am right now so i kind of like don't regret them there's no regrets here no mm -hmm. regrets it's just that it's um if i made better choices i'd probably be even an even better position than I was because I would do everything all over again. I just would take it a little different. Right. I'd still say we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. Yep. But I, hey, I'm gonna tell you this because I, I know y'all about to get messy. Don't be fooled by self-suggestion. And what I mean by that is that self-suggestion can come so subtle. It could be in a commercial. It could be in a song. That's why they say that you have to govern who's around you, what you hear, and the places that you go. And as adults, we'd be like, you can't tell me what to do. No, we're not telling you. We're saying who you allow to connect to the spiritual part of you. This is the part that exists mm -hmm. far outside of that body. And that's the thing that we're grieving and that we miss. But we can still connect to it if we know what we're doing. What I'm saying is like the power of suggestion is real. They tell it us is. that we got to be sad when somebody is lost. Who say that we got to handle it like that? Who, why not know. celebrate? Like, no, they lived and we was in their life. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people misconfuse the things what you said, bro. You said what you could have done more of. But that's the part that's experiencing life. But let's take this last thought and I'm done. But let's think about this. We've all experienced death, right? Mm -hmm. And we know it can come as sudden as the, like the next second somebody could be gone. With that information, why not start loving that person the way that we're supposed to, celebrating that person the way that we're supposed to, giving them people the flowers they deserve right now. So if at three years old, two years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, the work of letting them know that they were loved in that moment. It's already done. Every moment after, it's already done, so we don't mm -hmm. have to really grieve it. We can celebrate it now like we did what we were supposed to do. We had right. with that person. Right. That's why I always tell you I love you. Live it like it's your last. Right. You know. Because I could stop smoking. I could stop going to the park. I could stop doing these things. I just had a brother pass away, what, a month ago? Feel like about two months ago. This mm -hmm. dude was a Rastafarian. Didn't eat no meats. Didn't smoke. Didn't do this. Didn't do that. And he was gone. Mm -hmm. So when it's your time, it's your time. Right. You have to enjoy this and enjoy the people that makes life worth living for you. Not what I think, but what you think, what you believe. Right. And don't make no motherfucking uh, excuses for about it. That's why I love you. I'm so happy you got on here. Listen, listen. Let me give so you your you are here, big bro. I I want to thank you. We all we are all appreciative that you got on because they wanted you back because they did enjoy you. Um, yeah, I just want to tell you, you were so passionate the last time, and we just like so passionate. Yeah, I didn't want to offend nobody, but if they talk about y'all, listen. I I know I know some messy women out there, men out there too. But for me, when I look at the messy women, I look at the messy men. Because women, on average, the mess they get into is an introduction of what we allow them to be into. 
if if your man smoking weed, you gonna be smoking weed if that's who you want to be with. So we had to take some. True. But that's all I said. Don't attack her without. Attack don't be trying to start another show now. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have time right but now. I love you though. I know you got to go to work. Uh, I just I wanted to tell you. Yeah, thank you again for coming hey, today. I, I appreciate oh, you, that. You was gonna want to get you. in on this topic, but you know, next time I'm gonna hit my hard hitting topic. I'm gonna put that in a hard hitting topic. My, I'm gonna carry my. Uh, I got this brick thing, so. You about to be hitting niggas with bricks? No, no, no. This is a charging port. It's always okay to hit a nigga with a brick if you need to. I got two of them. I'm a I'm a trained fighter, so I really don't have issues out of that. Let me quit. Because that's how much you use that word. I've helped God create alligators and yeah. Leonard over here like this. Leonard like Yeah. No, I ain't I ain't violent no more. No. Let me quit. Let me behave. I had to get hood. You know, I had my hood moments, you know. But no, um, wanted to just say thank you for being on here. Uh, we want to go ahead and we're going to move on with this next topic. You go ahead, make sure you get to work safely and tell my sister yeah. I said I love her. Uh, your sister said she loves All right, I'm going to go ahead she and remove you now from the feed. Y'all, All right, take care stay, now. Y'all stay blessed, man. Till next time. You too, sir. Peace. All right. All right, guys, I'm sorry. I was trying to, I needed his advice on, on our next subject, but you know, uh, he knew, he knew, he knew he's going to be huh. late. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to the um, messy boots. So the messy boots right now is never have I ever. So question, I'm going to start with B. I'm going to start with him. Just because his forehead is kind of gleaming today, and I just want to yeah. Damn. It's just wow. it, it's like it's like damn. Me. It's the me. light, y'all. It's me. the light. My bad. Okay, so B. <laughs> yep. Never have I ever. Have you ever faked the orgasm? You have. Now you got to verbally say yes. Oh yes, you. yes. Okay. And and. and uh, the times that that happened, I was like really yeah, intoxicated. No, no, no. I was gonna, I was gonna invite, I was gonna invite my old lady here to say that she did too. But oh yeah, tell her to come on. Yeah, she come they, on. they want. No, nah, she don't want to do it. But it's oh, fine. okay. Tell but her yes, next time. It was, it was when, um, right? when I, when I was, um, I don't know what was going on, but I guess it was like a mental block. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't able to stay up. It was the fact that I wasn't able to climax. So it didn't have nothing to do with your partner. No, nah, oh, it's probably just me. Good. You just got, you just got too drunk, huh? Okay. It was probably that or mental. You must. What was you drinking? Because you had to be drinking no, it, beer. I don't think it was even drinking. I think I was sober. I think it was just mental block. Because see, when you have, well, I didn't understand this, but bipolar can really like really change how your body reacts to stuff. So yeah. I get that. That's I true. I guess it was just a mental block thing. Okay, so Jazz, yeah. you already know you next. Have you ever faked the orgasm? Yeah. And yeah. why? The give dick me one, wasn't give, give me one minute. Explain to me why you faked it. The dick wasn't dicking. That's all. You said it it's wasn't what? what? Dick wasn't dicking. It's not you, Eric. My husband over here looking at me. It's not he's you. Not, uh, don't see you on my name. <laughs> no, not him. Not him. No, 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 no. Not was, him. Not him. Not like, him. no, it was the other one. No, not him. <laughs> see, this is where you said it wasn't okay. No, see, yeah, that's, not my husband. No, 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 no. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is why I had to look at her and say, them. What do you mean, them? Like, <laughs> like no, not you. This is them. Like when I first, first got to Georgia, and it's just like, he thought he was doing something, and I was just tired and tired of being there. So I'm just like, "Oh yeah, ooh, okay, come on, let's go." Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, she said, "Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. You, you done, you done." My done husband said he did too, but I don't know what happened. I thought he was gonna invite himself in and tell the story, but I guess not. Oh, so. tell him he can't be trying to tell us something he don't want to get on camera and share. Come on, it's they want to hear your story too. Time. Sharing is caring. Sharon is Karen. Have you ever faked or hold on? Let me take my AirPod out so everybody can see here. I want to hear this. Okay. Oh, Tell boy. Eric to jump on camera. Tell <laughs> Eric to jump on camera. He got to get on, on camera and share his story. Come on, honey. 
No, too black. Come on, bring your ass. Quit playing. <laughs> Did he say he's too black? He said he's too black. Hubby. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Um, so, so tell us about your your experience that you faked your orgasm. When and why? Okay, I went over there on a dummy mission. You called me over there at three o'clock in the morning, thinking shit was gonna be great. Went here, no shit. I spit on her back Ooh. and called over. Oh, you going? I thought you were gonna spend the night. I gotta go to work. Never called her back. Never called her back. So, would you tell her you was? You, would you say I, I made it? The no. train has arrived, and you just got up and left. I'm like, oh, 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 there we go. Oh. <laughs> He said, oh, 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 there we go. It's here. It is here. Okay, Aaron, I know that you have your camera off, but your question is next. So turn your camera on, Mr. Ally, and answer this question. Never have I ever, have you ever faked the orgasm, Aaron? I know you muted. My bad. It's just, uh, none of my kids wanted to take the damn dog out, so now I got to. Um, if you don't answer this question, fuck that dog. Yes, I have. When and um, where? I feel bad because, all right, if my wife ever watched this episode, I apologize. Ooh. This was a night where I found out that I found a random ass condom in my room. I felt like she was cheating. But we still end up having sex. And I was just like, I kind of, it was like in the middle of it, I was just like, I'm just kind of done. So I just made the noises that I would usually make and just stop. If your wife gets up in the morning and starts cooking grits, duck. I'm telling you right now, duck. You better duck because she gonna fuck you up. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. Aaron, you fuck. <laughs> no, my me. question is, is that you put um, the condom Let's see here. Hey. I was getting, he's, I know it how was. Yeah, if it was, like, if it was just a random. Words. Wait, so like the condom was, was open and like the packet was open. There was like no condom in there. Yes. Shut yes. The fuck up. But according to her, it was one of my condoms. No, it wasn't. Uh-huh. I know it wasn't. So, yeah, I stopped. This is really I, nasty. <laughs> he said, he stopped. He said, I got there. I'm just done. I would have had to knock her hips in the wall and wash her because you know. no, Aaron. Oh man, Aaron, I'm gonna cuss you out. We'd wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Did he say his wife? Okay, let me, I'm, I'm gonna go on mute now. That's what I thought. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cuss him out. Yeah, my wife. I, That's I why our reaction is the way it is. I am. Listen here. Any sexual story that you hear about me is always gonna be about my wife. It's the only partner I've had. Come on, Aaron. I no. Know oh my gosh, Aaron. No. But we ain't gonna talk about my that. My head so. hurts. My head hurts. Okay, I'm gonna take over because Aaron just my chest hurt. Aaron no. just oh about killed God. all of us. Yeah. That's a better story than me. I couldn't, wow. I couldn't do that. You guys win. Right. Okay, Aaron, you won you won messy boots. My husband night. said that that was better. You won messy boots too. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Oh Jesus. I gotta go smoke my cigarette or something because who I am oh uh, I mean yo I'm I initially I'm read that. I, I don't I read that. Oh my gosh, I read that as dick, by the way. <laughs> I would kick Aaron. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Wait, what, what did Aaron do? Are we still on Aaron? We still here. Still live. We still here. I'm just saying, I like you, bro. What did I do? He got to stay on after we finish. I yeah, you cannot go away. We have so many questions now. So many. I feel That's like, like I is it fun being judged? Bro? 
names or nothing. No, no one is judging. This is a judge. Aaron feels like if he's being judged, and I'm not supposed to be judged. It feels it feels like it's not judge free at all. Oh no, it's not judge free. We we were just a shock. We were just about to have heart attacks. You threw us. I well, you had a conversation. I'm like, what? And I told you to chill. <laughs> he just, the way you let it on was like, I hope she don't ever watch this. And then, right? Boom. She might watch the, this. You want to know payload. what's sad? You want to know? You want to know what's sad is that she just told me today. She was like, I'm gonna start watching the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. This dude is fried. He is fried. You better pack up your bag. So, grits in the morning. Medea <laughs> <Mudia> style. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, she is gonna have your hide. <laughs> Lord, she gonna hit you with another urn. Hey, <laughs> hey, Ron ain't afraid of nobody. <laughs> yeah, I got hit with an urn before. Wait, you mean like an urn that got ashes in it or like an iron? Like like an iron. Like like, like you know, iron you iron your clothes. Iron. Yeah. She's Jesus, I was, I, I was I, walking down the steps and she threw an iron at me. I only threw a cup at my husband. I mean, shit. Like, I mean. <laughs> but you want to know what? I'm Aaron, glad. I'm, a, I mean, I shot at my ex, so that, little, that might, that might uh, take uh, the shit. Like, shelter? Like, you need to go to a shelter, Aaron? I mean, oh, there's gosh. some spots around here, man. We could take you to a shelter. You oh, wait a minute, B. I didn't hear. I didn't. You, I didn't. My, my headphones fell out. What was that? I'm saying, do we need to take you to a shelter? You're a strong individual, man. You have the power <laughs> to change your life. See right. what you have to realize. You, I, I'll let it be known. Sure. I would Ready never. Something. My wife. My wife may have done some violent things to me, but I can take it. I've never been that type to swing back. I watched my no, dad beat on my mom. I guys. This is what it looks like. Be warned. And I would have knocked all her goddamn teeth out. Every. No, Aaron's not like that. Aaron's a good guy. He is a good guy. This is why I'm glad that Jesus didn't make me a guy because I would have so many domestic violence charges. It would. And she's not a bad person either. He's not. I'm a bad person. He's not. I, Aaron, I'm going to kick your... Anyways... Hey, hey, you just brought up the iron part, so guess what? You just saved me from getting beat up by myself. Oh, they don't. You know, you I didn't hear it for days, so I ain't worried about nothing, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, anyways. I, you know what? That's slick, because I'm just thinking, when you said that, I could just envision, you know, her in the kitchen cooking it up. And then that pot just flying. That's I, that's why the iron I can envision seeing the iron the air to hit him. That's what no, I, I just want to know. Did you duck fast enough? How did it hit you? <laughs> I was walk, all right. I was walking down the steps, and you don't. I wasn't looking home behind alone? me. They home alone your ass. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, kind of. She just. So it was like when Precious Mom threw that thing at Look. what was it? Uh, the pan or whatever at her like that. B, it was one of those moments where you have you ever felt like you won an argument? Yeah. That's how it was. Like I felt like I won. So I was oh, walking you know, down like the steps. Where the I'm, TikTok guy's yeah. walking away and you're all yeah, walking and I was slow. walking I was walking down those steps like I was confident that I won this argument and then that iron came and I realized I didn't win that argument. So did it come in? Did it come she in like power up? She hit him with a power up. I mean, I mean, I she was like hurt. Kobe, way worse. <laughs> but if you guys meet her, yo, she's the sweetest person though, for real. They, she, she, she gonna beat your ass though. Aaron, Aaron, if I go over your crib, hide all the iron. Hide we it only all. got one, and okay. I don't have. I'm, I live in an apartment now, so you can't go down the steps. You can't go down. <laughs> I hope she don't, really don't watch it because if she watch it, bro, you go wake beat up. Your ass, and then she's gonna really hate you. You gonna open like, your God, eyes? Really. You gonna say good morning? And she's gonna knock your ass out. Nah, good she night. gonna she gonna rig a trap just like in Home Alone. He's gonna sit up and the iron gonna come right here in his face. <laughs> <laughs> your ass is grass. Oh my head hurt from what? Oh my god! Right, mine do too. Like my fat oh in my neck starting to hurt. <laughs> My God, bro! I don't even have time for the trending, the trending corner with a Laura D. You didn't, you boy, you didn't. You, you need took out, though, like for real. Like this is some, like young and the restless type shit. I, like, the I apologize. Of, 
Like, you want to know what? In, in, a, in a way, I, Aaron had turned off his camera because he wasn't going to be a part of this question because I knew that was going to happen. But I was press, I was peer pressured into letting y'all know. Wait, is she around right now? No, I'm outside. Oh, okay, okay, you okay? Hey, okay. hey Aaron. Yep. Wait, what? Hold on, hold on, Aaron. International sound, the international sign language. Okay, you ready? Do it. Yeah. You have it. Do you know it? Oh yeah. Okay, just, you ready? I, I just, is she in the room with you? Walk through that door. You can walk through that door. Like. <laughs> Oh my god. We're That's here for you. We're a warrior. So this has been a great, great informational show. But it's time to wrap it up. And I didn't even get to play Never Have I Ever. But you know what? It is for good reasons because I was gonna put somebody out there, but good thing I didn't because we had Aaron to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron, like, you have officially won. Never have I ever. <laughs> So I just want to thank everyone for joining in and watching. This has been the Lauren Hour with Laura Dannon. You guys have a great, wonderful evening. And remember, you are the creator of your own destiny. Anything that you want in this world, but your best foot forward and you can achieve it. Never let anyone stop you. Never let anyone put a damper on your dreams. Believe in you and anything is possible. You guys have a great, wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye, guys.